Welcome back to the Doctor Who Flashcast. One last time for this uh, year and this season. I am Jason Snell. I'm joined by a panel to talk about for the sixth straight year. Wow. Uh, the Doctor Who Christmas special, which this year is called The Husbands of River Song by Stephen Moffat. Joining me to talk about this episode, I have a panel of people who are spending part of their Christmas with me. Thank you to Scott McNulty. Hello. I hope we live happily ever after. Oh, very nice. Very nice. David Lore is also here. Hello. Hello, sweetie. <laughs> as, as it were. Spoilers. <laughs> Tony Sindelar, also out there. Hi, Tony. Merry Xmas, Jason. Thank you. And Dan Morin from an undisclosed location. <laughs> well, every Christmas is last Christmas, Jason. Yeah. Um, that was a good callback to, uh, to last year's Christmas special, too, which I watched today. And uh, still holds up, let me tell you. I yeah. really like that one a lot. But we're not here to talk about that one. We talked about that last Christmas. <laughs> what? Yeah. What? Every Christmas is last Christmas, Jason. What? <laughs> I've I heard that before. I feel like I'm in a yeah. time loop now. I watched that this afternoon. It holds up. All right. What? <laughs> we talked about that last Christmas. I feel like I'm in a time Every loop. Every Christmas is last Christmas. <laughs> oh, it's the Doctor Who Flashcast, people. I, I care slightly less for all of you. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, uh, so... Uh, Husbands of River Song. We had a lot. There's a lot of stuff that goes on. It's a. Mm -hmm. It kind of has a, a few different parts. It's very rompy. We get Alex Kingston when the Doctor runs into her. She doesn't recognize him. She's on a. We we think that there's something wrong with her husband, who's the King, um, King Hydroflax. But it turns out mm -hmm. very rapidly that this is a con, and she's trying to get a diamond that's embedded in his brain, and she's just going to cut off his head. Except it turns out that. Um, He's already a disembodied head, so they throw it in a bag and they run away. She's got some man candy who's helping her, but they're looking out for the doctor. She steals the TARDIS. The doctor just stumbles along because he is at, he he's in the wrong place at the wrong time and is asked if he is the surgeon who has arrived. And he says, ah, sure, close enough. Um, and uh, and so he goes on an adventure with River Song with her not knowing that that he's the doctor and and uh, then there's a whole chunk of time we go to we get a space uh, cruise ship we've seen those before um, there's a whole other plot about River trying to sell the diamond uh, they, and uh, in the end she finally does recognize the doctor at a at a at a key moment and then there's a little more adventure and then there's some kind of uh, nice moments between them so it's a it's a you know like I said it's it's I, I say this every year when we do this the the Doctor Who Christmas episode are made for a broad audience, the broadest mm -hmm. TV audience as possible in the UK. This aired at 5 o'clock, which is about three hours earlier than the rest of season 9 aired in the UK. It is meant to be this uh, broad, fun romp to be watched by people who are um, in food comas or drunk. And uh, I'm <laughs> curious what you, what you all thought, because uh, it is interesting to see Alex Kingston and Peter Capaldi together for the first time. They're so good. They're so good together. Yeah. I thought the chemistry yeah. here was fantastic. And I mean, I do love that basically for the first half of the episode, the doctor is basically the companion oh. to River, who is essentially the doctor. Finally, and, it's, and, the key line is finally, it's my go. Where right. he, he gets to act like every, he wants every person to act when they walk into the TARDIS for the t first time, at, which is really impressed. <laughs> and he does it. And, and he's just delighted with that. You know, finally, all of my beliefs of the spatial relationships are shattered. <laughs> I, 
I read a review of it that said they couldn't tell who was having more fun with that, Stephen Moffat writing it or Peter Capaldi (laughs) acting it, but either way. Oh, either way, He gets to do the, uh, the, uh, don't take my hand. No one ever does that to me. (laughs) (laughs) Great, great chemistry between the two of them. I, I, I don't know. I mean... All other than the library episode with David Tennant, all of Alex Kingston's uh, spots have were, were with Matt Smith. And although I found I, I a lot of people don't like River Song, I kind of like River Song. I've always liked River Song, um, but it's interesting to see the different chemistry here. And I wonder. You know, if I think part of the difference is the age difference. It's just that mm-hmm. this is a this is an older man playing off of Alex Kingston, whereas Matt Smith was a much younger man. And I'm saying not saying that that wasn't interesting and fun and good, but this is has a different flavor. And Capaldi is so great, and they just they they there's there's uh, sparks flying there the whole time. It's a more mature dynamic, right? Mm. Yeah. Well, and I, you know, I always loved River Song. I didn't like the stories. Well, yeah, she got with, caught up in a, in a in a in a season arc and yeah. deployed for those reasons. Where here, mm-hmm. she has no. We we. This is like like Silence in the Library. Actually, she is this uh, kind of uh, you know force of nature. Yeah, she's a little roguish. She's like you <laughs> know an agent of chaos. She, exactly right, and and uh, and. Uh, in her first one with Matt Smith, the, the two-part Angels episode, she was like that too. Yes. But she did get sort of swept away on her plot line and was not deployed as well later on. I think. Yeah, when when she became a puzzle that he had to solve, right? And and when she forced him to marry her, that I just didn't like any of that. I loved her and her in the role the whole time. Yeah. So and so this, it probably won't surprise anybody. This is one of my favorite episodes now. It's just, it's utterly delightful. It's its the kind of thing I'd have loved to have written, because I write this kind of thing. So it's like, ooh. Scott, what do you think? I'm surprised that this is his favorite episode. Uh, one of. One I, of. <laughs> no, I, I got a little, because I have to bring it always back to Star Trek. I got a yes. little uh, Vosh <laughs> Picard vibe with uh, uh-huh. Peter Capaldi at uh, River Song. Space archaeologists are the least pickle of archaeologists. You know, it's except true. Good. Except for Indiana Jones. Oh snap! I'm, oh, I'm not, I'm not a huge fan of Vosh. No, she was in a bad episode. But it was it was a nice concept. That was half of her episodes were bad. Yeah, what? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. I got the vibe. Oh, yeah. Also, oh, they yeah. mentioned Warp Factor 12 in this They episode. do. Yes. Yeah, there is a Warp yes. Factor. That's, well, Stephen Moffat's and a Star Trek fan too. Aldebaran Brandy and mm. Stolfan's yes. a little little touch. Tony, thoughts? I, I enjoyed it a lot. It was really great seeing uh, Peter Capaldi and River Song bouncing off each other. Uh, I do always get a little thrown with uh, whenever River Song appears because I feel like I get distracted trying to figure out yep. where in the flowchart. Um, yep. So I feel like I should, I've only watched the episode once. I kind of want to go back well, and watch it again. I'll, you're you're going to need I'll a tell bigger you, flowchart. I'll tell you the beauty of it is, and this I was going to mention this later, but I'll bring it up now. The beauty of this is... Um, so River Song gets frustrating because the first time we meet her Mm -hmm. is the end of her life and it's the first time as far as we can tell it's the first time the doctor has ever met her because David Tennant doesn't recognize her doesn't know who she is so that's the first time and although she's got the pictures of all the doctors and there's that nice moment where there's the little things that little photos that flap down with all 12 and she doesn't know him because she's she's given up looking because she thinks she knows how many regenerations one gets and these are all the faces Um, and she just says well there are limits to, to Peter Capaldi when he says well why maybe he has another face so maybe she's run into the other doctors but they didn't know who she was or something we can that's for big finish audio to do or something right if it's fanfic (laughs) it's all out there right um but but 
after that, we get this whole thing where she's still meeting the Doctor out of sequence in the Matt Smith era, Mm -hmm. but they say that it's backward, which isn't actually true. It's all mixed up more than that. So what I thought was really great about this episode is it is the it is essentially other than the um, at the end of the episode, we find out that the night on this planet is 40, 40. 24 years. 24 years long, right? That's it. So so they could have any number of adventures, Peter Capaldi and and Alex Kingston, uh, during the night on that planet. They could pop out to various places, <laughs> come back. Mean? Just, it's a, it's a, it's a, going to be a long I night, love, right? They also planted that seed, which they may never go back to, but was is delightful in your head that she steals, steals slash borrows the TARDIS and just brings <laughs> and it And just back doesn't, and he doesn't notice, right? Well, yeah, because it's just going to say. So, as long as you're careful, you can steal time machines. It, like it, so, not so the point is, from Clara and and me stealing the TARDIS, sure. the the other TARDIS at the end of the season yeah. too. Yeah. So yeah. Um, my point is, so it's essentially at the end of it's it's the next to last time that he is going to see mm-hmm. her, and he knows it. And it's the next to last time she is going to see him. So this is a moment where they're they're basically synced up for yeah. the last time, but they're both at the end of their relationship together, more or less, mm-hmm. and that's. I think really nice that you just get the whole time travel imbalance out of the way. The book's almost full and she hasn't met him yet, but you know, but, but she knows that their history is, is shared other than the library, which he knows is going to happen. So that and, I like that. And and that's why I loved it at near the end when the ship crashes and we won't, I won't worry about explaining, but when, when they're thrown and knocked unconscious and when he goes to check on her, and he just is just very gently indestructible. Indestructible. Well, you get and the heartbeat went, there oh, too. Yeah, you can oh, hear her, her heartbeat. Yeah. Now, had the 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 thing with the the singing towers and Dorelium had that ever been mentioned? That's before? in the library. That, in the in the oh, first okay. episode that she's in, she tells David that, Tennant, "Before I, I came here, we went to the singing towers of Dorelium. You had a new you know a new haircut and a new suit, and I you know and you cried, and the towers sang, and you gave me your sonic screwdriver, and that's the last time I saw you before I came yeah. here. You must have known this was going to happen. It's the last thing she says to David Tennant before she mm-hmm. flips the switch and dies." Is gotcha. tell that is, story. Is, so this is this like is Stephen Moffat pulling it all the way back. Yeah, okay, yeah. This no. is this so is the episode Stephen Moffat has been like waiting what five six years mm-hmm. to write. It seems like. Yeah, yeah. In fact, well, he wrote he wrote a DVD extra that basically tells the same story, which is why there's a line where he says, "I keep on making the plans, but I never, we never actually end up here." Is mm-hmm. is him because he did sort well, of write this story already, and then be like, "No, no, no, the, that's not it. This is it." One of the things. Sorry, go ahead, Tony. I, I wasn't nope. saying anything. Not me. Oh, go ahead. Where was we? I'll go. It, <laughs> it was, was just you. the internet. It was ghosts on the you. internet, Dan. It was me. Go all ahead, along. Dan. I was going to say one of the um, one of the things that we haven't really touched upon is that this is only very nominally a Christmas episode. Um, True. In that it is mentioned at the very beginning, and the Doctor, of course, has that sight gag of showing up with antlers on his head. Yes. Of the TARDIS. And the, uh, and the saucer was the, a little Christmassy decor themed on the outside, right? It mm-hmm. looked kind it's of like, like an ornament. ornament. It was a holiday. I, I was like, yeah. a little, a little it, disappointed with. I, 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 I don't know. To me, the, I mean, some of the Doctor Who episodes are very Christmassy for the Christmas right. specials. I agree. Uh, but they're never too Christmassy for me. So, and this one, you know, was delightful, but it. it didn't, didn't well, compared to, like, give me what I was looking for I think this I, day of the year. I read an interview compared with Stephen Moffat where he said, "Look, you know, sometimes you you just you make sure there's snow and carols, and you call it a right. you call it a day, and then others, the Christmas aspect of it is 
key to the storyline. And last year's was key to the storyline. This year, no, not so much. Although I really like, I should say, in passing, the Christmas titles were wonderful where there's snow and the TARDIS has snow on it. And instead of like mm-hmm. instead of stars and and the planets circling oh, in the yes. title screen are all um well, are ornaments Christmas tree ornaments. If you think Fantastic. about it, it is about the Doctor giving her the biggest gift that he could. A sonic screwdriver. Yeah. Well, no, but but <laughs> the longest <laughs> night, you know, yeah, and all that time, and just and just the the acknowledgement that he does care for her, that he does love her in his way. But this could this could episode of could could have happened at any time. Yeah. And and it's not in fundamentally Christmassy, right. uh, which I, I'd say is true. I'd say it's it's fundamentally a Christmas special in the sense that, like I said, it's broad and fun and not, you know, not tied into an intense story arc or anything like that. It is it's purpose built for the the Christmas at 5 p.m. time slot. But but I, I agree, Tony, it's sort of it is like, hey, it's Christmas at the place where they're doing the thing. And then later, <laughs> hey, it's Christmas where we can get a reservation <laughs> because we don't have any reservations except for Christmas because nobody yeah. Co- goes there on Christmas, I guess. Like yeah, when I think of, Christmas, kind of I think I think restaurants built on an alien planet mm-hmm. with two singing monoliths. Yep. So I guess well, good news. You're in luck. Two of them. You're <laughs> so one of the few who does. That's why there are reservations available. Then, yeah. presumably, it's a in Chinese four years, restaurant. Though. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is. It is a Chinese restaurant. Turns That's out, right. they deliver. Turns out. Turns out. Uh, Dan, we we totally got off. I think you were actually making a point there that then we destroyed. I don't I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Why unlikely. start making points now? Yeah, why 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 start? <laughs> why start? It's only six years. We got plenty of time. Um, uh, I could. Uh, so so another thing I wanted to mention um, that I thought was a cool little uh, thing that they did that um, you don't usually see in Doctor Who is I like that they had that series of shots where he's moving the TARDIS a little bit. And he just keeps mm-hmm. going to the door and looking out. So he, so first off, the, the we see this perspective of a spaceship crash from inside the TARDIS, which is interesting. Where we've we've set it up earlier that oh, everybody on this ship is really bad. Like even the people, even the people who work on it are very bad people. Which yeah. is sort of like so we can not feel bad about not saving them when they crash into a planet. <laughs> I, I still felt a little bad. I, I yeah. still felt bad too. What if what if that spaceship had hit someone? Um, yeah, you exactly. just like you shouldn't like spaceships just crash into planets. That's you know. but but they were they were sort of out of time, but they also sort of softened the blow by saying, "Well, but they were very bad people who were on that <laughs> ship." Even the worst. waiters, even the bus boys were monsters. <laughs> so so, but I like that they, they they close the door and the ship crashes, and all it does it sort of you know it shakes the TARDIS and stuff, um, but. Uh, and then he opens the door and it's burning wreckage and he like does a little, he kind of like pumps the, the little handle on the TARDIS console and then opens the door again. And now the wreck, the flames are sure. out. Well, when you just want to move in time, but not in space, yeah. you just got to well, like pump the brakes. And then yeah. he goes right. to the restaurant and the same thing where he's like, I, I, you know, I'd like to have dinner. And she's like, well, we don't have anything for until Christmas four years. And he's like, okay, walks back, boop, and then comes back out. I just like that. It was, it was. A, a neat perspective that we don't usually see from Doctor Who, which is, mm-hmm. you know, we're just sitting there on the inside of the TARDIS looking out the door and what we see keeps changing in time and space. That's kind of cool. That was fun. That was a nice bit Yeah, in there. I think that was, you know, it's 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 fun when you can see things in Doctor Who that we're not, that, that you haven't seen a million times before. And you're like, oh, that's a nice new way of, of, of viewing it. Um. Let's see what else. River has a sonic trowel. She is a she is a spicy archaeologist with a sonic <laughs> trowel. Does. Well, we once again highlight the fact that her morals are very flexible, not only when it comes to archaeology but also when it comes to murder. Mm-hmm. 
It, I married the diamond. Okay. Yeah, and it's, and it, big and bigamy. We get to yeah, we get to you get to hand wave a lot of stuff because all of the people that are hurt are you know identified as being extremely evil. Yeah. That's right. Also, and, uh, I mean, hydro, well, her her it's flunky, clear if Hydroflax is evil or just no, no, he's a monster who kill who's killed millions of people. Yeah. But he's adored by millions of people too. Billions, because uh, he hasn't killed them yet. Yeah, was, <laughs> yeah. Her flunky. Yeah, they, and, they really stop after they've killed them. A bunch of people and, lose their heads, right? A bunch of people lose their heads. Although they even get like a happy ending because they get like joint custody of the robot head. body at the end. The heads just get misplaced. Yeah, yeah I mean that was <laughs> yeah, the detachable head. Maybe don't leave they're, with that. They're relocated. Yeah, they're in a library that, inside a robot body. That was British comedian Greg Davis as the king, who was mm-hmm. delightful. Mm-hmm. As the head in the bag. Yeah, all that stuff at the beginning was very funny, too, where he's like, oh, this is the worst, the laying down kind. I hate that, you know, and he's <laughs> he's a very bad, they're like, we need the best surgeon in the universe. And it's like, well, hmm, what species is he, right? Like, he has no idea. It's it's all, he, he, what has he gotten himself into? It's just out of his curiosity and river that he's even gotten to this point. And, and, then, they, and then they do the whole head gag. That was just, uh, that was a lot of really fun stuff. And he's shouting in the bag. There's a nice, that nice bit where, where the doctor has... Has to keep explaining it's just his you know his his stomach, stomach. i have irritable bowels right and he's like yes. well, i will kill you or love it no no it's my stomach oh it's <laughs> it's it's been a day yeah, it's yeah i i love the moment where they they first transport out of the the ship and they land in the snow and the head rolls away and and he just starts laughing, laughing. and he said that i haven't laughed in the longest time so what do you mean i'm being threatened by a head in a bag yeah that's just funny yeah, I like that too, especially given how the uh, the last season has gone. <laughs> it was it, there was a, a feeling of uh, kind of a it was a nice change that that story is over and uh, he has a little fun here and Peter Capaldi, uh, who has gotten a lot of credit for being this you know serious actor, um, which is funny because you know he was spectacularly funny in uh, the thick of it. Um, and he is spectacularly funny here. Like, oh, yeah. I, I thought he did a great comedy performance the whole way through. And a bunch of different, like, he's got that, you know, t- repartee with River, especially when she finds out who, uh, who he really is. And they do the whole, like, well, the two exits up there and the one, no, I don't like the one down below and all of that. It's like <laughs> super snappy, caper, heisty kind of kind of stuff. Um, and then the, the laughter on the snow is really great. It's just like a lot of really good Peter Capaldi moments. Well, and just that sly moment of, hello, sweetie. Oh, so good. Oh, that killed me. I mean, mm. I, I was I was howling, and, and the 14-year-old kept going, are you okay? <laughs> yes, yes, I'm delighted. I clapped. I clapped multiple times at this show. Yeah. I don't do that. I, I think my favorite bit was about the, uh, when, you know, she's commenting that he picks up everything quick, and at one point, <laughs> something about sarcasm doesn't help. But wouldn't it be great yes. if it did? Yes. <laughs> The, um, Wouldn't it be a better universe? The whole the whole sequence, not just when he goes in and gets to act like he's surprised that it's bigger on the inside, which is spectacular, <laughs> but before that, where it turns out that he's Damsel, codenamed Damsel, because mm, yes. he always needs to be saved, which is a, a wonderful reversal. Like River believes that she needs to appear and save him, um, and he's like, "You can't just steal a box." And oh, who's Damsel? And she shows him the pictures and all that. That's, that whole sequence is just oh. fantastically funny. And and yeah, you kind of need to know Doctor Who, but it, it didn't feel like super insidery. It's like you need to know the basics of Doctor Who, and it's funny. And, and I like that. I, I love the line where she says, men always believe it if they're the hero of their own story. Yeah. 
There is like, oh, well. there are a bunch of good good jokes about uh, about uh, the husbands and uh, <laughs> oh, she also says at one point that that uh, she refers to somebody as her second wife, which I also made that yeah. also made me laugh. So River River's busy. She has lived a full life. She <laughs> well, says they, she's two hundred. Right? They trade they trade little jabs about people they've that they're annoyed the other person has been with, right? Where it's, it's Marilyn, like Marilyn Monroe. Monroe oh yeah. Stephen uh, Fry. Fry. Stephen Fry. Fry. Does mm-hmm. doesn't does not appear in the episode, but yeah. <laughs> Stephen Fry. That would be delightful. Reference that made me that made me laugh. Oh oh actually another line. So so much good. See, I, I actually uh, about halfway through this I, I thought to myself, you know, this was written by the guy who has written who wrote one of my very favorite sitcoms of all time, which is Coupling. Mm-hmm. And I've and and you don't always get the full on comedy script thing from Stephen Moffat on Doctor Who, but it's here. This is it. This is full on. And so the other line that killed me was um, I guess you could say he had a bad day in the market and the doctor leaves and then he comes back and says, sorry, I can appreciate that that wasn't funny, but I had to say it. I couldn't oh! resist saying it. Oh my God. Yeah. So good. That was, that was beautiful. I thought that was good because I... that kind of salvaged kind of a weak moment for me, which is when he just jams the little... <laughs> the money you know, on the robot, eight, right? The money yeah, orb into like, the robot, what? and it's like, I don't I don't understand why that breaks a robot, but whatever. <laughs> yeah. Christmas question. No, Seems as good an as any. The robot was really confused. I actually thought that was a funny was twist, that the robot kills the king's head. Because the robot... Uh, is the robot the king? Is whoever head... Whatever head guess, is on the robot yeah, the king? Robot, robot king or not? It's, it's, it's weird. Yeah. It's, it, it, although I like that. that like maybe the, maybe the robot through. has decided that, that whoever whoever's head is on the robot is the king, which I think maybe the robot has not learned the constitution of this planet or system or whatever, but I did enjoy that, that the robot like, has decided I that like it's most real. important. I like that he shows up at the end as the maitre d' too, sort yeah. of at the restaurant. Well, quite, quite I also I, enjoyed, hmm? I I like the reveal also where I thought the robot was just swapping heads and that you know the old heads were just discarded and it's like no some of them are tucked away for later they're, they're stored they're stored <laughs> for later head. he's got like a lazy Susan of yeah of, of heads of, Deca- of, of victim heads yeah. lazy Susan of decapitation yeah yeah so. that's right that's, but I mean uh, quite quite literally horrifying. that's Hydroflax's uh you know that's why he bought that robot. I feel right. like that was good. That kind of balances out with the guy who, you know, keeps his money orb inside his skull. So. <laughs> yeah, that was – I saw somebody on Twitter who said, who said I, literally, I literally threw up at that shot. <laughs> and I thought, yeah, I could see that. I could see if you, were, did, if you had a little too that. much to I eat literally. that you might have uh, – I turned to the person I was watching with and just said, Merry Christmas. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> what if a head peeled open and a ball just kind of pulled well, out know, of it with squishy sound? I mean, a broad audience. You know, I mean, yeah. Harry okay. Como did that once on a Christmas yeah, special, sure. but, but that was for a song. That's I think true. that's just the part where you know kids go ew, yeah. and the yeah. adults who have been drinking are like whoa. whoa. <laughs> I yes. thought that was a good moment where the whole restaurant is full of those people in the oh, end. Yeah. It's revealed that was a nice reveal where they're like, oh okay, so you've got all your people here. And River, also, as a professional, is like, I've totally got my backup too. Pfft, lies, <laughs> right? But she's like, no, I, I've I prepared for this contingency too. So we're just gonna get out of here, and you can have your head and diamond or whatever, and. And, that, and that's like a nice the, twist, too, because it turns out that they worship Hydroflex. So when they reveal that they've got his head in a bag, it's not really so great for anyone. <laughs> well, I like that they try to auction it off, though. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> they're just pointing well, at people and saying, do I hear, I hear 200 billion yeah. from over there? And the yeah, guy's like, what? what? Me? 
<laughs> yeah, I don't have enough of that in my head. I can't. I can't pay two hundred billion. No. Well, it, it it literally is uneasy lies the head that wears the crown, mm, oh. which me, just me, made me happy. Meets twelve twelve heads in a duffel bag. Yeah, yeah, I suppose. Oh yeah, uneasy is the robot that wears the king's head. <laughs> yeah, how often is it that you have a a broad themed Christmas episode that involves a disembodied head in a bag? But here it is. Not enough. Not often Everyone's enough, well. Jason. Not often enough. No, it harkens right. back to the very first Christmas. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. Too real, Scott. Too real. Uh, You're, you've been say, excommunicated from yeah, everything, you, should, from society. Should you really lead, if you're a king, should you really lead with the whole, like, hey, look, I can take my head off thing? Because, like, they really kind of ran with that once they realized, oh, this is way easier to transport. I think there's a lot in this that they don't they don't ask you to hold on to. For I mean, he's also dying for a thing that is never explained, and then he's fine for, like, the rest of the episode. No, well, but yeah, then he's they, dying they, because of the diamond. He only has seven minutes. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, because of the it's diamond. It's closer and closer into his brain. Yeah, but, yes. I mean, I don't know. A, he goes from deathbed diamond. to, like, I can chase you around for a while. Well, well that? but that's the well, robot that's doing most yeah, of the, the work there, right? Our, it's just the head that's done. It makes perfect sense, Tony. It made more sense than... I love the Christmas Carol episode with Michael Gambon. I love that episode. But that that's the one where... There's the pretty girl who seems perfectly fine, but has a countdown to the exact number of days she has to live on a, on her cryonic tube. This made way more sense than that. <laughs> okay. I mean, this mm-hmm. this a low was bar. a head. This was totally a head cannon. Head, it is head cannon. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Hey, I didn't write it. Yeah. So, well, you wrote my, that joke. Let me <laughs> let me ask this question then, because I came out of this feeling like this, in some ways, this could be the last River Song episode. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think so. Well, well, setting it specifically at the Singing Towers and having it be that she'd never seen Peter Capaldi b- before makes it difficult, but there is that out of the years and years yeah. of, of night on the uh, where they can just... Yeah, there, there's Have definitely fun. room for it, but it, it also seemed like thematically, you yeah. know, like we talked about, like well, the, it leads into the library. It felt very fitting, and you could feel like maybe Stephen Moffat's like, all right, time to close that mm-hmm. chapter of this adventure and move on to something else. But I mean, I agree, it would be a shame in some ways because they're so good together. It would be a shame not to see them get an opportunity to play off each other again. But the great thing about time travel and science fiction is you could totally change that in the future if you really right. wanted to. Well, and, and that's the thing is, I mean, he has said that he, he wanted to do this before he left and he wasn't sure if he was going to come back. So when he, when he plotted this out and said, all right, this is going to be the Christmas episode, there was a chance he wasn't going to come back for next season. So, you know, I can see how wanting to take care of this character and wanting to make sure that nobody else wrote her just in case, you know, it does fit that it's a it's a nice send off for her if he wants to do that. Right. If he wants to bring her back, there's plenty of time. There's plenty of excuses. She could steal his TARDIS at any time in, <laughs> in her lifetime. It doesn't even have to be during the night, uh, because having seen one episode with the two of them together, I want to. I just want to see her as a companion now. I just want to see her and Capaldi go around forever. See, I think that's the. I think that's one of the things that I. I um, I came out of this episode thinking is, wow, I really would like to see more of them together. Mm-hmm. And, and, and although I've liked River Song, I don't think I would, I would ever have said, oh, well, let's, let's bring her back for many episodes. It's like, no, no, <laughs> this was so good that I was like, yeah, that, that really, that really could work. I could see it. Stephen Moffat did say at one point that, um, he doesn't ever have to bring River 
back from the dead because uh, he kills her off in the first episode that she's in. <laughs> and so she's already yeah. dead. Now he can just bring her back whenever because she's already she's already dead. And, it, you know, it would be I'd love to see her again. In fact, I had that moment where I thought, you know, this is what they should do is they should look at this and do what they did with uh, with Donna and say, mm. you know, this is pretty good. Maybe this should be the show for a little while. Maybe we could get a year out of, uh, is Alex King, call Alex Kingston's agent. Is she available to yeah. do a half a season or a season? Cause I thought, I thought that they had just a great time together and I would watch that show. And, and they had the, the chemistry and the banter and the tone. I mean, it was kind of like the Thin Man or, or yeah. a really, really good caper film. Thin Man, I thought of, uh, yeah. uh, you know, there's, you know, it's the audience is drunk and not the people on the, screen, but the, yes. The only thing that worries me about that is whether it would become somewhat less special by, you know, more difficult to sort of sustain Certainly over difficult. the course of a season. I agree. And one of the great yeah. things about Rivers, about these, or about episodes like this where we get a chance to play, is that you can drop them in here or there, uh, and it, it somehow retains, you know, a more special feeling when it's an occasional treat rather than this is what you get to eat all all season long. Right. Right. Yeah. But they are fantastic, so I really couldn't argue against that given... <laughs> You know, what else? <laughs> yeah, I, I agree with you, Dan. I think it would be very hard to do. Um, that all said, I, I could not have envisioned a whole season of uh, of uh, Catherine Tate and David Tennant, and that was great. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. so who knows? But Well, and, and a whole season is what? 13 episodes. American TV, you'd get tired of it. Yeah. 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 Maybe it's just a whole season of him running into her <laughs> doing various capers. I don't know. Every other episode. Yeah, just keeps running. Well, the, the first one is, you know, where's my TARDIS? Yeah. Oh, come on. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah. Or there so, are two TARDISes because she stole it from a different part of his timeline. Sure. You know, sure. plenty of room. The, yeah. Yeah. What What else about this? Uh, any, anything we haven't covered about this? I mean, there's not like a, it's not a particularly twisty twisty plot we've got the we've got the funny king with the funny robot that's amusing there's a oh uh, it's it's very obviously a redress of the face the raven uh harry potter village i thought the same thing i was like does this look like that diagon alley and yeah yeah they put some my cousin turned to me and my cousin turned to me and said in england there's only seven actors in three sets go back to watching all right fair enough yep so that was you know that was not where the money in this episode went. Also, the I mean, my my son immediately said, "Oh, it's like that other Christmas special when they're on the uh, the cruise ship, the space cruise ship." I said, "Well, right. you know, space cruise ships are a thing when you when you yeah, got the space. What yeah. are you going to do on a holiday? Yeah, take a space cruise to through space. To it's the space yeah. Joko cruise crazy. Yeah, that's all. I, I did. Just, I am curious about the business model of running a cruise ship only for." Evil for, for well, I, I imagine <laughs> that it's a is. Max Capricorn line that does it. So it's an evil yeah. genius who owns the ship, and he has just, all of his evil geniuses come on board, and he has <laughs> evil evil non geniuses as staff. Apparently, right. but like, how do you how do you get that insured? It just they seems play evil board. So you're like a, more mummies. You're That's like why it costs a, um, a billion credits. You're a yeah. you're a, a felon, and you you you're. A, you're uh, applying for a job under an assumed name and they call you in for the interview and they say, look, we know who you really are. And you're like, oh yeah, okay, I'm sorry. The jig is up. And they're like, no, no, no. We found out who you really are. You're hired. All your references had aliases too. We want want felons. Do you know any other felons that you'd like to have? Uh, You'll you'll be working on the pool deck, serving, uh, keeping the burrito bar fresh. (laughs) And this is your purser, Gopher. Yeah, Scarface here is uh, the lifeguard. (laughs) 
I don't know. It's the evil. Yes, I, I, I too wonder about the. Well, you know, and evil people have to have a good time too. It's a galaxy. Enough, they have money. Evil needs go. to relax. <laughs> oddly <laughs> enough, Bernie even, Coppell even needs a Christmas. Yeah, yeah that's right. Bernie Coppell is still your ship's doctor. Go figure. This is, Although, was this it is, Christmas on the ship? It was not Christmas on the ship. No, I guess it was Christmas on the at the restaurant, and it was Christmas in the village. But no, it was not Christmas on the ship, and Kylie Minogue wasn't singing. Yeah, evil <laughs> villains don't celebrate Christmas. No, certainly not. Certainly Bank not. holidays, maybe. I liked how the green, um, the green bug man uh, sold out. Mr. Sold out the doctor for, um, f- but he's evil because all the employees are evil. But he sold, I liked how he sold out the doctor for uh, his, keeping his head on his body. I thought that was kind of a fun moment where he's, and they get the book, the River Song Diary and all of that. I, I, I liked that twist because he, he was perfectly, you know, uh, good, providing good service there to River. Well, and, well, until and he was threatened. the doctor without knowing that the doctor was actually there. Yes. Right. Which well, was and, nice, and also yeah. setting it up with, you know, where, where his boss says, you have to go check out this disturbance. He goes, I'll just poke my head around the door. Yeah. And you <laughs> think you know what's going to yes. happen. Oh, yeah. yeah. So that was a nice that was a reverse. Nice out. Yeah. Yeah. That was a good joke. I don't know. What else? Anything else? <laughs> uh, Matt Lucas, uh, the comedian, appears as the assistant. What's his name? Noddle? The yeah. assistant um, who ends up being the other head of the robot by the end. Oh, yeah. Who who people might know from Little Britain, which was narrated by Tom Baker. Tom Baker, sure. Doctor Who references all the way down. As, but it continues the tradition of Christmas specials featuring British comedians. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it's all part of the deal, I and think. And robots. And, and robots. That's right. Oh, well, yeah. Like, like solid. Yeah, that, that was not a good Christmas special. The one with the, the, the widow and the robot. That was not good. Or Bill Bailey. But uh, yeah, I mean, I I I think uh, well, it's we, we we've covered almost everything that's in my notes now. So I'm just I'll go around for a final uh, a final verdict from everybody because you know why why should we not we could do four hours on this like we did about Star Wars, but but why? Uh, Dan, what's your what's your uh, overall uh, final verdict on the Husbands of River Song? My overall final verdict is very positive. I enjoyed it. It was just. You know, there are a lot of the Christmas episodes where if you think too hard about the plot, I feel like it kind of takes you out of it. Mm-hmm. Or if they try too hard to shoehorn Christmas into it, it kind of makes you like, yeah, okay, whatever. And in this case, I felt like I was engaged from the get-go. The banter and writing were extremely sharp. Yep. Alex Kingston and Peter Capaldi were just on point. Um, we got to see a whole bunch of different things that we don't usually get to see. And the plot, you know, this is a vehicle for Peter Capaldi and Alex Kingston. The plot really doesn't matter. And so I, you know, I just had, I was vastly entertained by it. Uh, and me, it made me laugh out loud and my, my family laugh out loud several times. So I, I say in that sense, there's nothing more mm. than I could ask for from a, a Doctor Who Christmas special. Job done. It entertained exactly. you and made you laugh. Scott, what's your verdict? Well, I think this is the kind of Doctor Who that I like mm-hmm. because the plot is completely ridiculous, yep. but it was going by so quickly that I didn't have time yeah. to yep. think about how ridiculous the plot Pay was. Pay no attention. Could, exactly. <laughs> I could just enjoy what was happening. And I feel like a lot of the episodes this season made me think a little bit more about the plot and I, it made me unhappy. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
but this one, I, I I just enjoyed it. There were you know uh, ninjas that were defeated by a sonic trow- <laughs> yeah. uh, trowel. Laser ninja. They had laser, laser swords. They were lightsabers. Warrior, 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 warrior priests. Warrior ninja priests. Yeah. yeah. With, with genetic with swords or something. Yeah. Laser swords or something. Yeah. Yeah. So I uh, thumbs up. All right, Tony. Uh, I enjoyed it. I I, I would have liked my my Christmassy kicked up a couple notches, but. Mm. You know. A little bit more nutmeg Christmas. in there would be good. More <laughs> <Poor> nutmeg. <laughs> yeah, n- nutmeg, eggnog, something, you know. Sprig of holly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A little pumpkin pie. Just at, at the table really at the restaurant. Thanksgiving, but I, yeah, I'm okay. not going to tell you how to Christmas. <laughs> I'm, I'm just telling you, it's all about gift giving and, and love, and, you know, it worked for me. I was I, It was Christmassy enough. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, David, is that what, further verdict from you beyond Christmassy oh, just, enough? I'm just utterly delightful. Yeah. If that cyborg had turned out to be Santa Claus at the end, ah. <laughs> well, we already had Santa Claus. It wasn't Nick Frost. There's, you know what? I'll never get try, tired of Robot Santa Claus. That's just you know. <laughs> that's what you think the that's, first time. That's like that's yeah. what like that's like the tenth type of story that I'll never get tired of. Is Santa Claus is actually a robot? <laughs> yeah. like, you can tell but that one. It's man versus man, man versus again. nature, man versus himself, and man, man versus, versus Robot Santa Claus. Santa Claus. Yeah, boy meets Robot Santa Claus. <laughs> yep. But yeah, no, I, I found it utterly delightful. It's it's the kind of story I love to write. So it was fun to watch it. It was fun to to just. I, I mean, I paid enough attention to the plot that it held together for me. I didn't, you know, even even in the lightest, airiest things like Robin of Sherwood or Robot of Sherwood. Uh, you know, you kind of look at it and you go, "Well, that didn't quite work." I, I didn't care. I didn't notice anything that made me stop and pull me out of the story. I just went with it, and it's it might be the most fun I've had in the new series mm. watching an episode. So, uh, yeah, yeah. Having only watched it once, and you know, it's it's Christmas Day, and and uh, rewatching them later is, I think, a, a, usually a good a good like watching last year's. It w- has gone way up in my estimation because I watched it again while I was I was doing some other like cooking and stuff today. I had it on in the kitchen, and uh, and I thought it was really great. This one, based on just this one viewing, I thought it was fantastic. I, I mean, I would put it at the top tier of the Christmas episodes because it was so fun, and the performances were great. It was laugh out loud funny. Uh, Alex Kingston does a great job. Peter Capaldi and they're and they're great together. Uh, you know what more can I ask for to go to go back to that? It's like it, enter- it entertained me and made me laugh and and I didn't pick apart the plot and I didn't feel any need to. So I you know I, what more do you want? I guess I would say if I was following up what Scott was saying, um, Doctor Who could probably use more of this. I actually think that yes. that's one of the problems with uh, as much as uh, I appreciate Stephen Moffat's talent as a writer. Um, sometimes I think he gets bogged down in I need to make twisty plots and i need to i need to have this crushing kind of weight of a of of a of a story arc on on me and i have to carry that burden and would it be so bad if the if there were more episodes like this that are just kind of zany and light and fun i think not i think the show could could stand to have a little more of this uh this lightness about it uh but this one worked totally worked for me but yeah. and as a fan of coupling, I, this is the kind of thing I, I hoped that we would see at least a little of. Not again, not every week because you wouldn't want that flavor every week. But you know, knowing how how cleverly he plotted coupling um, yep. when he didn't have to deal with cast defections, um, <clears throat> you know, you you I, I didn't have any worries when he took over Doctor Who, but I did miss this kind of writing. Yeah, and and it's one of the things I love in Sherlock. I love the chemistry. I love the banter. I pretty much hate every plot in every episode of Sherlock. But well, and, I still and, watch it because I, I enjoy that. 
I know, but I'm also okay at the same time with, you know, every universe, every season, the universe is in deadly peril. Oh, yeah. And yeah. it gets old. Oh, yeah. How many times can the universe be in deadly peril? It's nice to have a plot where it was like, it actually had nothing to do with the universe being in Absolutely. peril at all. And it was like, that's just fun and refreshing. It, and that helps contribute to the whole lighthearted element of it, which I really yeah, like. Right. I'd like to see more episodes where it is more just like a... Either just a romp or just, like, little mysteries that aren't necessarily about, well, like, oh, people are going to destroy well, our, our world. You know, that, Mummy, that trend Mummy on the Orient Express Mummy on the is, Express. is a really Love good that. example of an episode really that like did that. that. And and what I did like about this season's finale, because uh, I like this season finale a lot, a lot, um, is it was not a, it was about character peril and not about, like, the fate of the universe so much. And I thought that was better, that it was about the characters, fate of our characters and not the fate of, you know, all of the universe or time and space or humanity or whatever but it was just about the characters but yeah yeah I, fun I romp is good say that because I, I saw a thing with damon lindelof where he was saying you know you have to do that now you have to do that in your movies you have to do that and it has to be the biggest giantest most extravagant end of the universe end of the world and it's like no you just have to write really good characters that you're going to worry about if they're in trouble well plus russell t davis i feel like did the entire universe in peril plot every single year when he was running enough. the show and it's just yeah enough let's do let's do something else uh, so this was this was uh yeah fun romp like i said i i i did i did harken back to mummy on the Orient express that's a good example of a of a legitimate light-hearted fun thing where yeah there's a monster and people die and stuff but in the end it's a space train and it's fun you know that's and it, all it had a real douglas adams vibe and like yeah the the top tier douglas adams this this episode felt very douglas adams to me yeah. at several mm, points yeah. i thought that not, not just because there's a restaurant that's kind of at the end of the universe um which you have to think was a nod yeah you got to i mean the singing towers is itself kind yeah. of feels very douglas adamsy and you know being a lot like douglas adams that's not also not a bad thing <laughs> all right I think we're done. Are we done? Did we do it? Have we done we it? it? Back to we the eggnog. We've done it. Hooray. All right. I don't know when. Um, I don't know when Doctor Who is coming back. I don't think they've announced anything. They are doing another another uh, series with Peter Capaldi and presumably a new companion. That no, nothing has been announced yet. There are rumors that it might be split across uh, fall and spring again, like it was back in the uh, what a couple seasons ago. Uh, but nobody here, really, yeah. yeah, nobody really knows what's going to happen. So. Uh, we don't know when we'll be back on the Doctor Who Flashcast, but I'm glad we went out with uh, with a, an episode that was uh, that was a lot of fun, and that's good. We have a like warm feeling that goes into the into the wilderness now. So I'd like to thank my guests for joining me on this special Christmas edition, our sixth Christmas edition of uh, of Doctor Who Flashcasting. That's kind of crazy. Scott McNulty, thank you for being here. I hope I'm the new companion. What's the best Star Trek episode that's set at Christmas time? Uh, in the future, there is no Christmas. I don't think. Oh, but there's Thanksgiving because there's a they're they're going to have the turkey in the meatloaf t- in well, Charlie that's a X, secular right? Holiday. There's no. But there's uh, no Christmas in future. All right. Well, future. that's that's Gene Roddenberry for you, uh, Tony Sindelar. Thanks for being here. Going to need a bigger flowchart. Yeah, that's probably true. Just plop it right on the end. They're both at the end there. David Lore, thanks for being here. Uh, pleasure as always i i'm gonna go to sleep for about 24 years now it's a long night it's a long night and dan warren thank you goodbye sweeties your diary (laughs) is nearly full (laughs) bye everybody thanks for listening we'll be back who knows when for the doctor flashcast
only incomparable.